All right, we're going to do this. We're not going to fuck it up. It's going to be great. Possibly. Welcome to Maybe Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Bubs and Shaheen. Hey. 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 Uh, we'll get to you guys in a sec. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, we also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion. Also, GIFs. We often reply with GIFs. <laughs> um, this is episode number 70, and we're going to be talking about The 100, season 6, episode 8. Um, great to have you here, guys. We usually start off with a little uh, one-sentence thing about ourselves and a little icebreaker question. So the icebreaker this week, I guess, is would you go into the anomaly and what would you see that would convince you to go in? Hmm. Uh, Shaheen, how about you go first? Okay. Hey, my name is Shaheen. I live in Pittsburgh. I study philosophy of physics and history of physics. And... Uh, I would not go into the anomaly knowing what we knew at that point, knowing what Dioza knew at the point when she went in, because you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, which brings me to the second part. <laughs> what information could I have that would convince me to go in? I guess if they said you won't die or <laughs> and you won't be like in a lot of pain, but something cool, some cool shit is going to happen like, I'm thinking it's a time thing, like time travel, like you see the future or something, because it seemed like Dioza was seeing the future. I don't know. So I was, I would definitely go into that. <laughs> as trippy as that. <laughs> what if be. it put you into the past? Yeah, it's still, I mean, that's cool as shit. Any kind of fucking time travel <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah hopefully I don't um, end up in like Stalingrad in the middle of the battle. Yeah, whenever anyone <laughs> says, hey, you want to time travel, like, unless you're a white dude, like, it's a really risky proposition. Uh, like, it depends on the time. There were times when, like, you had to be Arab. Um, okay, well, yeah, so, like, way a long time ago. Yeah, way a long time ago, you had to be Persian to be okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like being gay and female, uh, well, maybe the Greeks, like... Yeah, yeah. We, could, we could go way, way back, but still, life was pretty hard back then, and I think fabrics were very itchy. You know, I think actually attitudes towards um, sexual orientation and the, these sorts of things uh, changed across history, and they got really bad oh, yeah. throughout, like the in the um, industrial era or whatever, seventeen, eighteen, nineteenth century, uh, got really bad. But I think, like, if you go way back, it actually gets a little more chill. Um, well, yeah, I mean. That's that's the thing is like it's only kind of recent and and that's kind of one of my I actually mentioned this when I when girl when my girlfriend and I were watching the episode last night um there is no goddamn need for everyone to be wildly heterosexual and monogamous on the hundred like we are so far in the future like this their their sort of puritanical notions of of couplings is weird to me <laughs> Um, it's, it's your turn for an icebreaker. Ah, uh, okay. Hello, I am Bubbles. 
I live in New York City, except for right now. I am back home in San Diego, California. Um, and I am recording this in my childhood bedroom. That's weird. Isn't it? I'm literally on my my bed, which is like super like – it's not super princessy, but it's maybe preppy is the best way to describe it, like white wood. You still have all the toys. Um, there is the Teletubby that Bonsai likes to hump just in the closet. <laughs> Um, apart from that, like, I have, like, my books, like, all my Meg Cabots and my, um, what was her name? Tamara Pierce. And, yeah. All Some right. Pretty Little Liars, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, would I go in the anomaly? I think I'm a Shaheen in the sense that, like, I, based on what they know, like, that's scary-ass shit and I'm a coward. So, no... But if I were in the same environment and seeing things, in terms of what would get me to go in, um, I think it's between, I mean, this is so boring, but seeing my family in there being like, help us, I'd be like, oh my God, family, of course I'll help you. Or if it was like I saw like my quote unquote grown up version of myself who was like successful and had a great job and had it, her shit together and she was like come like, Tell me how. I will show you the way I would be like fuck yeah help I need all the help I can get so those are the two things that would draw me into the anomaly okay cool. okay not bonsai oh now I feel like such a dick that's part of family <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, thank you, Shaheen. He, he is part of family. <laughs> He's your family. He is my family. Um, all right, so I guess it's my turn or something. Um, all right, my name is Joe. Uh, I'm a web developer based out of Austin, Texas. Um, and going into the anomaly, I think I would just go. Like, is that... I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. We had this like, discussion about the, the ring and... About the expanse, on the expanse right? too. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, why would people go in if it wasn't logical? I'm like, because people are stupid and curious. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think I would go just because... How often is there an anomaly? Like, oh, could be pretty cool. Could be terrible. Who knows? Um, as for, like, what might get me in there, apart from my own dumb curiosity, um, shit, I don't know. Yeah, like, myself from the future would be pretty cool, like, or someone that, like, I knew in the past, or, like, some sort of historical figure, maybe, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, let's just, let's just go in the anomaly, I really don't need that much. Are there snacks? Like, if somebody's <laughs> like, yo, there's a box of Cheez-Its in there, I'd be like, gone. Awesome. <laughs> Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Oh man. What if you twist? What if you saw your future self and it was just like a loser deadbeat who is like lost a lot of money and there's dead dead prisons again and you're in prison for for <laughs> for a hundred bucks. Back what would you gather <laughs> me to take me to debtor's prison in the anomaly? Oh um, my god. Yeah. Huh. Would you go still? <laughs> I don't know. I think I would. I think I would have to know whether or not, like, future, like, if I could read myself as like future me being like, "You're full of shit. I'm not going in with you." Because I'm sure future me would try to be very cunning and like, <laughs> you know, hey, there's cool shit in there. We got Cheetos and oh God. Why am I going with like cheesy snack food? Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I'd probably go just because cool shit. Um. All right. 
Well, uh, we will talk more about the anomaly shortly. Uh, once we get into episode 608, The Old Man and the Anomaly, which, full disclosure, I was expecting way more Old Man and the Sea Hemingway puns. I don't think we got any. Um, <laughs> directed by April Mullen and written by uh, Miranda Kwok. So, let's talk about overall takes. Um, let's go back to you again, Shaheen, if that's all right. What What'd you think? So, I think this is a common sentiment. I like this episode best so far in this season uh it's um yeah and i i generally i like around this time i like what the hunter does which is by around this time i mean like mid-season usually in every season they a lot of the elements that were introduced at the beginning were kind of scattered and unrelated come together whether in terms of characters or uh locations that they introduced and whatever plots um so i like that sort of payoff and everything coming together and it was more exciting and um you know thrilly than than most of the other previous episodes so yeah that's all cool uh what about you bubs uh yeah um this was my fave so far too I don't know how com uh, or how popular that sentiment is because I feel like a lot of people on Reddit really liked the last episode, okay. which I was a little bit man. Um, in this one they were man, so I don't really know. Um, okay, I guess I saw one person on Reddit say, "Oh, this is my favorite." I was like, "Oh, everyone likes this." <laughs> <laughs> one data point, yeah, Shane. Well, <laughs> with me. Sample n equals one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that what the pacing was really good. And, um, I, I liked the way that the different dynamics work together. Um, and yeah, I was, I was meh on the, um, the Abby stuff and the Maddie stuff. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, yeah. Well, ex except ex until we got to Beefcake. And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we, we're going to have like, a lot to talk about that. Oh, we're we're going to have a whole fucking conversation about Beefcake. Oh my goodness. He doesn't have a name. I don't even care. That is what is his name? Gavin? He I don't is care. Gavin, no, his yeah. name is Hot Bod McBeefcake. <laughs> That's his name. We're not calling him anything else. That is <laughs> heretofore. Sex Sexy Kane? Is that... It's Hot Bob McBeefcake. Uh, uh, sorry, my bad. I, I apologize. I don't want to like misname him and offend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I um I liked the pacing. I I thought that the way things unfolded actually felt pretty natural. Um, so things weren't like super telegraphed the way that they have been in other episodes. Um, so I kind of just like settled and enjoyed. It. And I have to say, this was like one of the few that I did not live tweet, and I think that that makes a difference. Um. Although there was another one this season that I didn't like tweet that I still had more issues with. But yeah, so I, I like this one. I had a really good time watching it. Um, okay, fine. Cool. <laughs> I love that but, you're like upset about this. I, I know. I don't want you to be. I'm, I'm just a selfie bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... So uh, I, I I would agree with you guys. I think um, the meh parts for me were probably number one, the Maddie stuff. Because I was mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, she's like, oh, we're just going to like... Gaia's gone. She's banished. So she's off the show doing Sabrina for a while for however long she needs to be up there. And meanwhile, we're just kind of like not going to think it's weird that Maddie. So I, I was the one who like defended the whole commander thing last season because I kind of didn't think that they would actually go through with it and believe it. 
in the next season, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of just expect them to be like, no, 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 absolutely, Commander, yeah, Grounders, follow her, great, awesome. Now that the Grounders are in cryo, like, maybe we don't listen to a 14-year-old, like, uh, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I wasn't super into the Maddie stuff, I kind of just want to be like, well, so she's clearly having problems, maybe we take, like, evil chip out of her head, call me crazy. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, the Abby stuff, which I have... Almost less issue with that and more like the, like, I just feel bad for Raven. Like, yeah. I feel bad for Lindsay, you know? Yeah. Like, all we got was that, you know, kind of mediocre little guitar, mournful guitar bit as she thought about some dude that she banged twice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those were kind of my issues. I loved, um, I was iffy on the Amori Murphy stuff. And then, like, it totally turned around for me. Like, it ended up being great. Um Josie is terrifying, um, and the anomaly shit, like, girlfriend, while we were watching, she was like, I would just watch a whole show about this part. Like, I don't even care about going back to Sanctum. Like, let's watch anomaly shit. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, that, those are my overall takes. Let me just give you a rundown of everything we're going to talk about. Um, so I actually would like to save the, the Dioza and Octavia stuff for later, if that's all right. If we can kind of run through the sort of quicker stuff. Yeah. Um, is that is that yeah easy? yeah um how about how about we do a sandwich of fun let's do a uh, weird science first let's talk about raven and abby and beef sorry what was his name uh beefcake mick well, no wait hot bod mcbeefcake hot bod mcbeefcake um so i just want to put this out there clark was never shirtless at any point during becoming a night blood <laughs> or taking the flame and dude gets into the lab and just takes his shirt off and then never puts it back on at any point. Um, discuss. Um, well, so every season has to have at least one, um, gratuitous shirtless scene. And what was season five? Season five was, ugh, don't make me remember it. What was, oh, it was the Becco sex scene. Oh, I yeah. hate you so much. All right, much. so wait, what was season ugh. four? <laughs> um, season four was um, Acid Rain. Oh, yeah, Harper. Harper, Primo. Kane, Bellamy. Primo. Primo. <sighs> that was a good, that was some good day. <laughs> also, Alien, Octavia, and the Kate. Season four was well, just a bang fest. Clark in the shower at um, oh, yeah, Allie's McMansion. And and the cabbie sex scene. Oh, that's right. It that's was really... Right. Okay, sorry, my bad. I shouldn't even ask about season four. I think they're trying to distract everyone from season three with thirst takes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, season three, obviously we have, you know, the Klexa sex scene, but I wouldn't even call that, like, shirtless. Like, I feel like... This that was one. tastefully done. Yes, it was elegant for Ele- <laughs> Joe's like, it was elegant. It could have been sexier. <laughs> it could have. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, given what we got with Raven and Wick, um, and what we saw with like I mean, even the Beckos, like they're they yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they oh. treat they they treat their gay characters differently in terms of sex scenes. Yeah. 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 I mean, they have the Neela. Nyla? I'm never going to say it right. Just give up. As long as you don't mind me just sliding in there and being like, hey, (laughs) that's not her name. I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) 
Um, the Nyla downtown scene. Oh, fuck. I didn't say my joke last time. Oh, what was your joke? So, last episode, Clark um, tells Josie that she doesn't go down easy. And I'm like, <laughs> liar! <laughs> Such lies. Like, straight up lies. Yes, she does. <laughs> Thank you, Bubs. You're welcome. Um, um, what are yeah. we talking about? Oh, we were, we were ranking. Oh, and then season one and two, everyone just banged. So, okay, that's fine. So this oh my is, god, that Bellamy is... shirtless scene from season one. Still, still thinking myself. about it. But, yeah. but, but this guy, like, can you imagine being Kane? I know that we're going to, like, back up and talk about, you know, the Abby and, and Raven of it all. But can you imagine being Kane in the moment that he looks down and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck is this? He's like, am I Captain America now? <laughs> right? Like, this dude is caught, like, and considering how tiny Paige Turco is in real life, and this dude is, like, at least 6'2", six, 6'3", six, like, 230 pounds of just, like, muscle. Like, he is a giant of a person allergic to shirts. He's gonna break her. He is. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. You know that Kane is going to, like, take the moral high ground and withhold. <laughs> He's going to be all sandy that, like, she body snatched him or whatever. But anyway, oh. speaking of body snatching, um, Raven brought up the interesting point that, you know, hey, they're body snatching. Yeah. Is that, how do how do we feel about that? How, how does it, does it, do we think that he knew that he was not actually going to be a prime? You know, like, because that's part of their whole religion is, you know, becoming a host for a prime is he's super into that. But like, do you think they told him that, P.S., you're actually going to be a mediocre semi-diplomat? Um, what do you mean? That he's just, he's getting wiped and not actually going to do anything? No, well, the, I the, mean, the chip they're putting in him is not a prime chip. Oh. I'm, I wasn't oh, clear oh, whether oh, oh, he oh. knew that or not. But either way, you can justify it as saying that he, they told him this is for the gods, so. I see. I mean, I guess, but like. Mm. That's true. But yeah, I don't know if he knows that it's not a prime prime. It's, yeah, it's a, just, you know, I mean, it's, I guess, I, it's sort the of best a we new can say prime. Is I mean, you think man? that, you think that he knows because like, otherwise he would be like, what the fuck are we doing on this? spaceship we don't that's not where we do this he knows what sorry uh you think that he knows because he's on a spaceship and so otherwise he'd be like what the fuck are we doing here why aren't we in the chambers no i mean i think him being turned into a prime it would make sense that or being turned into a night blood it would make mm -hmm. sense that he would oh, be on I a see. spaceship in the lab but like okay you know being told hey you thought that you were going to be a host for a prime instead it's some random dude who like is a sanctimonious prick um, you know, I, I wonder if he knew that and if there is sort of, does he need to know? Like, is it wrong not to tell him if he was like gung-ho about becoming a Nightblood anyway? Like, is, is this a bait and switch? Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if like, even not taking on a a real prime if as long as he's following orders if he feels that he's serving the cause yeah mm. um, he's just a believer yeah, yeah I, I think that's I, I think it could be either way I think it's something that like it's like an individual response where some of the nulls would be um happy to serve however and some of them would feel 
like it's it's not enough unless they're doing, you know, it's kind of like an individual personality thing in terms of whether they'd be upset or not. I guess. Does is that make there, sense? <laughs> is there a reason why? Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, because I'm trying to think, like, why they wouldn't have the primes try to reproduce while they were nightbloods. But I guess then that comes into, like, well, then you'd end up, like, you know, your kid would become a host and maybe that would be kind of awkward to kill your kid. Um, right. So, okay, I, I just answered my own question. No, no, no. But, like, that's I've, – I've been thinking about that, too. Like, how – just because um, you – Sorry, I'm, like, thinking it through while I'm trying to, like, explain this. Um, so I thought about that a lot. Like, do primes just not reproduce again? Um, which to me seems weird. I feel like you'd still maybe want to have more kids, but maybe because you're in a body that's not biologically, like, DNA-wise, because it's all about, like, the drive to have children is, like, um, evolutionarily about, like, keeping your line going like your genetics so if they're in a different body the children that they have in those bodies aren't actually their children line but um yeah, but they can like, still care about them that adopted kids aren't your kids yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely not saying that at all you're a terrible person Bex. i'm and no <laughs> I, i'm just trying to like t- i wish they'd address this because yeah. it's something that we've thought about and talked about like several times now um and it doesn't really make sense to me that they're just not having kids. And yes, that they're trying to have more nightbloods. Is it just like they can't fathom the thought of like having, even if it's, I guess it, it would be like an adopted child. They can't fathom the thought of having their child and then potentially being a host to one of them. Like that, maybe that just doesn't feel feasible to them. So that's why they don't do it. I. But still, it would... It would still be the best chance of having more nightbloods. I get, yeah. I mean, yeah. They and should address it. Speaking of nightbloods, did anyone else note? I mean, maybe I'm like fucked up on the time here, but did they for real go from like start of dude hugging his girlfriend uh, before taking off his shirt and going into the science lab to going and doing a spacewalk, synthesizing nightblood, doing all of that in what was approximately an afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was not crazy on the timeline of that. Because I'm pretty sure, like, they, the, like, sci-fi of space has taught me that, like, it takes a minute to, like, go in space. Like, there's <laughs> there's a lot of prepping. Even even the whole thing about having to breathe nitrogen for, you know, before, or breathe pure oxygen before you go into space, you're supposed to breathe it for a few hours to get all of the nitrogen out of your blood. Like, yeah. There was a lot wrong with the timeline. That's my well, actually. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, wait. So what's your issue that they... That they were able to do all of that? It was kind of like one of those Uh, ridiculous training montages where you're like, that was three weeks. I don't know (laughs) how you did that. I think that maybe we're just not... We're not supposed to take that as like linear time that's all equal. Like maybe it did take them... It was it two was days. Like, it was like watching Wet Hot American Summer, if anyone has seen that. Yes. And that when when um, Janine Garofalo's character pulls up in the pickup truck and she asks any of the camp counselors if they want to go into town, and then you see this whole montage of them like. <laughs> 
doing crazy shit and they and they buy some heroin and get in a knife fight and get super drunk and smoke some weed and have some sex and like 14,000 things happen. And then when they come back into town some or come back to the camp, everyone's like, you know, hey, how was your trip? And they're like, oh, man, it's so great to get out even just for an hour. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> that's how I felt about that. Um, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, all right. So is there, should we talk about Raven a bit more? I like actually I had a had question about, yeah. uh, Hotbot. Yeah. Let's game. talk about Hotbot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, not, it's not specific to Hotbot, but it just occurred to me because when he was going into the thing, um, there was that guy, priest looking person who said that, um, your spirit will be eternal. Um, uh-huh. it said that to Hotbot with Beefcake. And <laughs> I love that we are not going to call him anything besides hot. Dog. I'm sorry to the actor; you are more than a body, but for fuck's goddamn sake! But you were cast for your bod, and your your acting was good. Yeah, I was not he, like no, yeah, I definitely he, it was good he, acting. He got the eye eye action right. Like that's exactly how Kane would look at Abby. Is like huge. Yeah, no, he did his research. Yeah, yeah. like huge, terrified eyes that stare at you like like an abyss. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so my question was, since they said your spirit will be eternal, it, that sounds like they believe in afterlife. So I was wondering if they all believe in afterlife, like sincerely, and by all, I mean all the hosts and the primes, everyone, um, Gavin believes it and Priya believes it. Everyone believes that there's an afterlife when you die, you don't have a soul or whatever. Uh-huh. Would it still be wrong? Because they're thinking, I want to sacrifice my body, but uh, my consciousness is going to live on, and I sacrifice my body for a good cause. They think, uh-huh. right? Even though they're do, they're, you know, wrong about that being a good cause, but they like, it's right because like, whatever it is, like people sacrifice themselves for all kinds of stupid stuff. Uh, but like, if they think that they're going to live on then um, it becomes less important what they're sacrificing themselves for. I don't know. Um, Does that make sense? (laughs) Kind of. I mean, not really. (laughs) Like, so is it still, like, I guess, again, we can ask, is it still murder? And we can also ask, is it still wrong, regardless of whether it's murder or not? Um, Mm -hmm. So, right, so if there's an afterlife, would it still be murder? Like, if they're... Because, like, their consciousness doesn't end. Brainwashing. But do they know? Can we we back up and say, not necessarily whether the murder or the body snatching is the wrong thing. Can we just call brainwashing people the wrong thing? Yeah. Can we we go back that far and say, actually, that's where it's morally wrong. You are lying to people saying that you guys are, like, gods and chosen. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, they know the truth. Like, can you imagine? Like, I, I was having this thought, like watching watching the episode yesterday, and like you know, these people jumping through time. These are people, the only people in existence besides Dioza at this point, and like I guess some of the prisoners. But you know, like there's there's an entire group of people who remember Earth, like. Yeah. The Sky Crew, the Arkers, don't remember Earth. They, you know, they were all born in space, as Clark used to tell us in season one. Um, like, fucking wild. <laughs> These are people who have lived through generations on this planet slash moon, 
And they also like remember like bullshit from Earth. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. that just broke my brain. I know that I went off on a tangent. We're going back to we're talking back about <laughs> whether or not something is morally wrong to kill people or No, I mean that just shows that like they totally know what's up. It's not like they grew up yeah. on this planet and they don't no, know. No, they invented they... <laughs> that cult. Yeah. They made themselves into gods. Um But yeah, and so yeah, I mean that's a, that's an interesting point, right? If that's what makes it wrong then it's not about their consciousness being terminated at all. That's not the wrong thing. Because um, we think even if they had a conscious afterlife, it's still wrong because they're still being duped. They're, mm-hmm. Right? They're being brainwashed. And that's that's just what not cool. No matter what you get the person to do, um, the fact that you manipulated them to do it is just makes it not cool. So, because they talk about it being murder or, like, the fact that this person's mind is going to get wiped, but it seems like that's not really the source of the wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Or it's yeah, not, I that's mean, not it's, most of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's like, they keep talking about the whole consent thing, but it's like, if you were a doctor and you told someone, if you do this you um and this is all wrong information if you do this like you'll survive if you do this and this and this and this and this do you agree to do our study um and the person said yes that's not consent if that person is doesn't have all the right information like it doesn't matter that they said yes and this is like basically what this society is built on yeah so i i think it's all murder then right yeah i mean regardless of whether it's murder or not it's wrong it, the primes are bad people. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit more because there was some there was some top quality stuff about being upset about line cutting. Um, but let's actually let's at least talk about Raven and Abby for a hot minute since we got five seconds of Raven. Yeah, um, this episode she got to be sad about Shaw. Um, she got to sass Abby. She got to have fucking eyelash extensions, false eyelashes, like lipstick (laughs) oh my god like it's one thing to like make them look nicer but still have like a natural makeup look it is quite another to like put on false eyelashes Mm -hmm. like sorry beef um not to be confused it's bad it's Lindsay's a really 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 pretty girl she doesn't need this you know that's the thing that kills me because it's distracting because you're like wait what why does she have fake eyelashes anyway is there a Sephora? Um, <laughs> so Abby got, or Raven was salty with Abby, and then she was not salty with Abby, and then she said, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't save my mom, but I can save you. Um, do we have anything that we want to explore about Raven? Yeah. I guess, like, I have, I don't know how I feel that Raven has been used as this, like, angry, um, I don't even know what the right adjective is. It's just that, like, she's been lashing out and sanctimonious and up on her high horse this whole season. And a lot of that is in character. But usually it's in character in the sense that Raven has shit to do and she is, she's focused on all the shit she has to do. Um, and so some of it comes off as, like, just exasperation, being overworked. Um, being in pain. So there, there's usually more context, but like in this season, and she started working more, like she's doing shit now, but like 
leading up to that, she's just kind of hanging out, like, being bitchy. <laughs> and it just, it doesn't sit well, especially when she's just, she's being morally superior with Clark, knowing that, like, she survived. She's there because of Clark. Yeah. Um, and it's not that she hasn't put in her, her work, because you know, she has. Yeah, you know. Um, but she should know all the thing that all the things Clark's done and all the pieces of her soul that she sacrificed for all of them to be there. Um, and on top of that, like Raven is not innocent. Like, I don't know if this is um what's the term? Unreliable narrator narrator. Yeah. Or if the show has forgotten that Raven tortured Lincoln. She straight up like pulled the electrical plugs out off of the dropship and electrocuted him. That was necessary, you see. Right, right. But every time Clark does it to save all of them, it is excessive and and rude. Yeah, and, like, remember when she was, um, she got Murphy to go with them, um, to look for Finn? And then the only reason was she wanted to turn Murphy over to the grounders and say that he was Finn, so that they'd like cut him by a thousand lashes instead yep. of Finn. So, which to be fair, I mean, I'm I'm glad that that didn't happen. Yeah, because Finn, but, but yeah, and still. also sassy sassy pants is still on the show. Yes, um, yes. or as or as my girlfriend likes to say, he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty. She's he's like, like a, they. He, yeah. Murphy is her like red line for killing on the show. Um, which I'm like, you know, hey, all right. And not even she likes his character, but I think she just likes looking at him. Yeah. Which yeah. he's he's nice Fair to look enough. at. Yeah. There you go. Um right, continue. But yeah, so it felt kind of weird to me, um to have Raven be like it, it to me it was very clear that Raven was in the wrong. With everything that she was saying to Clark, but maybe not. Maybe the writers didn't see it like that. <laughs> but to me, I saw it as like Raven being in the wrong. And she she's the one that needs to come around, not Clark. Um, and so to have her now on the arc where her morality is founded and is correct. Um, I mean, it's it's not out of character, but it just it feels a little bit weird. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but it's like now we're supposed to be on her side and being upset with Abby. Um, which not hard to be upset with Abby at any given time. Um, but so I kind of wish there was a little bit more. And so then we add lines like the one that you just said about, um, I couldn't save my mother, but I can still save you. It just, it's a little bit cheesy. And I don't, I don't really understand what we're being told about Raven. Like Like, nothing is about Raven this season. And it wasn't really last season either. Like we, she's just kind of there and it's not fair because she was such a great, awesome character. Yeah. I feel like that line would have worked better almost in season three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even after she had been tortured to be like, I hate you, but like, I'm still going to save you at this point. They haven't earned that relationship between them anymore. Um, so like it, it, it's, it was a fine line, like to have her say, just not now. Not now. And that's, that's an issue we run into a lot because they don't put in enough moments for these characters. So we're relying on things that happened a long time ago, but then it's like, when you stack up the actual scenes that we have on screen, like Abby slapped Raven in season three and, or four, three, four, four, and there was never, we never addressed that again. And then um, in season five, obviously she shock collared her 
to get her pills. Yeah. And like, we, I mean, we, that one we did, there was fallout from that one. And I thought, I think that that, that was good, but we haven't, like, this is the scene that they're coming back and it's not a positive scene on Abby's side. So I don't know No, it's how, not a good look for Abby. Exactly. So having Raven say that, like, it doesn't, it's not earned. You're right. Um. So yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel what you're saying, Bubs, in terms of, um, it seemed like Raven was just mistaken before and, um, or, you know, just there was some cognitive dissonance or something. Um, but in this episode, uh, she was making sense. But mm -hmm. that actually happens on this show a lot, doesn't it? Like, I, that's one thing I like about it is that none of the characters are always right or always wrong. They mm -hmm. actually, the, even the stupidest ones make good points sometimes. Mm -hmm. And or like in the middle of the crisis, they're the ones make seeing things clearly. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's another event where it, it switched around. Like Clark and Bellamy have done this a lot when there are times when Clark is being stupid, like when she was going to turn himself into uh, Emerson, uh, mm -hmm. turn turn herself into Emerson. And Bellamy was like, uh, how about you distract him? I shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> um and so, yeah, and then there are times when Bellamy's not making sense and Clark, you know. So, um, that's one way to read it, I guess. But I wonder what the writers think. I, I like the unreliable narrator theory. Uh -huh. um, I mean, yeah, there's no reason. Just because the characters, the characters saying it doesn't mean that it's true. But is that yeah, what I the writer is? Do the writers think that that way about it? I don't know. That's an interesting. I kind of think that Raven is a little high and mighty on her own, on her own coolness, and like because she has solved so many problems, she has sort of like inflated herself as therefore being less, you know, less blameworthy than everyone yeah. else. It's definitely that in all character. Of her actions were justified. Hmm? It's definitely in character. For yeah. Her to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Look at our small true. section. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, yes. Speaking I think of... That, oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, I, I was just like, I totally agree with you, Shaheen. And I think that, like, there's a sense of, like, that's in real life, that's natural. Where some people make sense sometimes and completely don't make sense other times. Like, yeah. I'm sure that we can all relate to that. Um <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I'm always <laughs> right, and I'm always just infallible and logical. Yes, of course, you're perfect, mm -hmm. and we love you for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think it's um, – there is some messiness with the storyline sometimes in the narrative. So I think, like, generally this is, like, a, a really great, like, natural way to play it. But because, like, so often we're like, wait, what are the writers trying to say? That, like, it, it's hard to – hard to like take a scene like this and be like is this the intention or is um are we supposed to take something else from this like what is actually being said and i think that maybe that's why some people like it because so much is like what you make of it um yeah. and others are frustrated by that obviously and i find myself in waves being both at different times <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what you mean yeah um cool sometimes it looks like it's being done intentionally and sometimes not so clear. Um, yeah. But I mean, one thing that you could say in defense of the unreliable narrator theory is that um, I don't think the writers or Jason at this point think that Clark is a bad person. Um, mm -hmm. Right. She's still the 
main protagonist. And Do you think she's a bad person? Me? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, stuff that she I did. I wasn't sure if you were of... saying that in relation to like them not realizing she's a bad. Person, no, no. So. I'm just saying I don't think that's what they think, regardless of what I think. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the writers or Jason intends for Clark to now be an antihero or, or an antagonist or something. She's still the main protagonist. Um, so uh, Raven can't be 100% right because she just completely destroys Clark. Um, mm-hmm. Right? So I don't think that... Yeah. So that's that's one, re- that's one reason to think that, yeah, it is just Raven just being wrong sometimes. And then yeah. when it comes to Abby, the Abby thing is she happens to be right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, do we have anything else of Abby and Raven? Nope. Um, let me just check my notes. Um. Oh, did I already say you might think this isn't Abby Raven? Um, but it's just going back to the Kane Abby thing really quick. Um, well, so I totally had a segue when Shaheen made a joke about, haha, this, you know, so much for a small section. And I was going to be like, <laughs> speaking of small section, you have a note about looking, about Kane looking in his pants, but then we continue talking about Raven. Was that, can, was that? Let's your... do it again. Shaheen, okay. say your part. <laughs> Look at our small section. <laughs> speaking of small sections. Uh, Bubs, how about this note about, uh, Kane looking in his pants, huh? <laughs> well, I was, um, so you know how Josephine loves her body because she's in Clark the Ferrari? Yeah. So, um, I was wondering, like, in the olden days of there being lots of hosts, um, and people got to pick their hosts, um, did the guys, like, check out the packages <laughs> to see, like, Which yeah, I'll, I'll do this one. Like, if there were a lot of hosts? Because right now, I think pickings are pretty slim. Well, but now they're about to turn everybody into it. So, like, Mm. but, like, so we have, like, um, Hot Bod McBeefcake, and it's, like, when when Kane, like, gets up and realizes he's, like, in a different body, and, like, no offense to Henry Ian Cusick, because he's a hottie, and he has nothing (laughs) to be ashamed of. Um, There's a lot of fans who die for him. (laughs) This guy is comically attractive. He is, he is... Hot bottom and beet cake, you know, like this is his his shtick. And so, like when when Kane wakes up in him, like I just expected there to be a moment where he stops and just like looks down his pants to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um, but what if Kane? What if Kane? Kane's body, Kane was packing, and this dude, you know, he's got the pecs but not the peen, right? So then maybe he's like, oh damn it, like <laughs> like I want like. We talked about this before, but, like, I think we talked about this. Like, this show, like, is riding the line of camp. And so oh, I think... Oh, season six, absolutely. Right? So it, I just wanted to just fully give in and just give us these, like, little, like, hilarious moments <laughs> where Kane's like, whoa! <laughs> or, like, damn it. I, I kind of would want him to, like, try to put on, like, one of Kane's old shirts and it just rips. <laughs> And then Abby is watching from the doorway. No, I'm sorry. Let me just act. I'm going to save all of this and message Claire from MetaStation. She'll write a fic about it. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. We should have her write, like, a little chapter and we'll, like, read it next time as, like, our exclusive, like, Claire chapter. Um, But, yes, like, his shirt rips off and then Abby. 
there's some fic potential here. Right? But no, so Abby walks in the room and just closes the door and locks it behind her. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, so we went we went down a rabbit hole, and I'm sure we're going to get angry letters for being, I don't know, objectification? I don't know. Maybe don't some know. eggplant emojis? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to talk about in weird science? Uh, no. No? All right. So oh, oh have- wait. Oh, no, that's... I, I have it as, like, one of my well, actually, or petty degree, so I'll wait. Okay. Um, all right. So do we want to go on to the rest of Sanctum stuff, or do we want to hang out uh, in the Anomaly? Which one do you guys feel like um, is spicier? I, so... Uh, which one do we think we have more jokes in? <laughs> I think we should do the less funny one first. Um, well, fuck it. We're just going to go to Sanctum, because... That's where I scrolled to in the note sheet. Okay, cool. Um, cool. So we've got Josie being shady as fuck. Um, Murder Maddie, we talked about her a little bit. We've got Murder Maddie's plan. And then she actually starts executing it. And by executing it, I mean actually killing people. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. This was This was a journey. Murphy proposes, sort of, like... I mean, I guess. Is that a proposal? I don't know. I, I think it was. It was, like, because he's he's essentially saying, like, be with me forever. Like, yeah. are you ready to be with me forever? And that's, like, the equivalent to, like, modern day, will you marry me? Um, but I think to your point, like, we haven't seen anyone get married um, in this quote-unquote new world. Obviously, it was part of the arc. Um and it's part was of the prime. What was it? Part of the grounders? We I don't think it. We never saw anybody. Do Do you remember anyone calling someone their like husband or my wife or Mm-mm. like a no? Every Every grounder was uh, rather asexual for the most part. Like I'm still con I I'm still confused of who Gaia's dad is. <laughs> like <laughs> he was apparently a bleach blonde. Apparently. And she inherited that Weirdest genetics. Who that knew gene? that you could pass on peroxide? But. I mean, no, I guess there is there is a um, genetically specific um, group that does have that feature. What, like dark skin and bleach blonde hair? Yes. Um, I cannot remember. I'll have to find it. But it is like there is there like is an science. island. <laughs> where that's like actually something that the evolved. island of Gaia, and yeah. Her. So that is where that's where Gaia's people come from. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Um, um, but no, I think may, if anything, season three. Um, I, I think mean, Clark and and Lexa were married. Don't even try <laughs> to pretend that um, they did it first. Um, but there was like I think um, right when the beginning of season four. When people woke up from the the alley dream, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe someone was calling out for their wife or husband, but that's really the but Were only... they saying wife or husband I, or just I like cannot, a name? Um, someone has to look it up and I'll look it up after and see, but I'm not, I think that's like really the only reference that maybe happened um, on the ground. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit though about... Amori and Murphy and sort of Amori being down to possibly kill Clark and then maybe not once she kind of goes and gets the shot caller from Bellamy and realizes that there's a whole other plan. I I kind of dug that Amori like wasn't super pissed. She was like, cool, I get why you did this. What are we doing next? 
Oh my god, same. Like it was that I've I've never been a big Amori like fan. Like she's just not, you know, how some characters are on your radar and some aren't. Yeah. Um, and like I've always lo- you know, I've always thought that she's a great actress and like, you know, you know, Louisa in person is a delight. Um, but yeah, she's you know, such a delight. She's a delight, but you know what I mean. Like, Maury's never really been been my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I thought that I thought I really liked what they did with her this episode specifically of being like, kind of showing that you can love someone so much, aka Murphy, mm-hmm. but also like recognize when like you got to go against them. Yes, and no, I thought like so. I think I wrote in my notes that like. I I love their relationship so much and I'm just going to pretend the whole season five stuff that was like never really addressed and was kind of like super <laughs> shitty. Um, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen because I, I really like everything you're saying I completely agree with and it's she they did such a good job of showing how much she loves him while still like keeping her her own person with her own decisions and like she was totally all for this thing that he said like she had trepidations but like she she's very similar to Murphy and they really leaned into the thing that brought them together and so um but Amori is her own person she has different lines and once she started to get uncomfortable like she made her own choices and like it didn't negate how much she loved him and, like, um, she's okay with sacrificing herself for him, which was such a nice moment um, because it's, like, she she made she made all the choices. Like, she had so much agency in this episode. Um, and I'm, I'm an Amori fan. I, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Um, I thought her character was so interesting. Um, and I'm glad that she got this episode. And I hope that we get more episodes like this with her. Um, Josie was a fucking cunt to her though about the oh hand. Oh my god! And she didn't apologize. Murphy's like apologize, and she's like, anyways. No. <laughs> I here's the thing about Josie that kind of and and sort of the way that like it's almost like the primes never age. Like she still talks at least while she's oddly while she's in Clark's body, like less so when she was in the older woman's body, like that we saw mm-hmm. last episode. But she still very much is a teenager. Does that make sense? Like yeah. she reads very, yeah. and I'm sort of surprised by that. You would think that being alive for 200 something years, maybe you'd be a little bit more measured and wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if if this is like, she's still like routing through Clark's brain. Maybe. And like Clark is still a, a young woman. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's why when she was in the other body that we saw, that was this, yeah, this episode. Uh, no, wait, last, last, last episode, sorry. Um, she seemed a little bit more, yeah, I don't think measured is the word, but definitely calmer. She seemed very mature. Well, I mean, what? to some extent it's unavoidable and you see a, a, a young woman talk or an old woman talk, you feel yeah differently you feel like you estimate their age differently but um i think it's it really is an interesting question what happens to the psychology of a person if they lived like 200 300 500 years would they become wiser and more measured and more moral or more chill or whatever 
more mm-hmm. benevolent um or like b- bigger bigger perspective and you know um and like they know a lot of a lot of shit's happened to them and they know a lot of stuff how they went um and so or do they become uh like just they don't give a fuck anymore because they've seen so much that they know none of it matters it's all Mm -hmm. bullshit anyway like stuff that people fight for today they're like well you know like 500 years from now it's not gonna matter so they've seen all of that and so they maybe they just don't care anymore uh and they've seen so many people die everyone they ever knew died Mm -hmm. right so they just don't care about life or yeah i wonder it could go both ways (laughs) Yeah, and, and we're seeing them, like, at a weird juncture because, yeah, they, they kind of have this immortality going for them. But at the same time, like, they're running out of hosts. So, like, we're seeing them act very mortally as they face, like, what seems like That's very to them um, a impending doom. Like, a somewhat quickly impending doom since I'm sure it's like, you know, every year you get older, like, time goes so much faster, Right. You guys have experienced that, right? Yeah. 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 No, I'm like, oh my God, time is just moving so quickly because I am so old. Right? So like, how is it already Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) And for them, like imagine what it is for them. Like, I'm sure it goes super fast. So they see this as like this thing that's going to, they really need to address. And um, yeah, it's interesting because yeah, like we're seeing like both sides of it and I forgot what the point of my my rant was, so I'm just. Gonna well, you're saying that right uh, I like when the part about how um, they're acting like mortals now because they're almost mortal. But I mean, like, even if they there's no night bloods for a while, they're still like they'll stay in the chip, right? And then whenever there's a night blood, they can come out. Yes, but um, I don't know how much. So. Like, they're never going to die, die, unless someone kills the body and destroys the chip. Yeah, but there's, like, less security in the fact that um, they have to rely on their religion staying strong so that everybody else continues the tradition. And if if none of them are awake to make sure that it keeps going, like, that's not a very secure place to be for them. Yeah, if it Um, goes down to zero, yeah. But I mean, as yeah, long as like, there's one of them alive, they could technically do the operation. But I get your point about like, do, would people still worship that one, that one remaining god? Um, yeah, like they, their existence depends on it, and they wouldn't be there to fortify those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Um. Shit. Where were we in the notes? But I, I really liked. I loved Josie being like. A huge bitch. Um, she's like, she's not nice. She is not nice, but it, like it is not a nice person, <laughs> which actually kind of makes me think like, because we very clearly got that she and Gabriel didn't bang, uh-huh. Um, which at that point, like you kind of feel bad for Gabriel. You're like, oh, bud, like you are hung up on a girl who didn't love you like that. You never even had sex with her. And <laughs> You Wait, are. how do we know he never had sex with her? Um, because D- didn't Dioza make some crack about yeah. she didn't, you know? She, yeah, she was. She wanted to get laid or something. 
Yeah, and he was like not e- like he basically said it didn't even go that far. Yeah. Um so you know so at that I point like know. yeah, I wouldn't know. Um I wonder if that was a turning point where you know Josie was brought back and she and she didn't put out. No, no, she <laughs> did try to put out and he was like weirded out that it wasn't her body, especially like if she tried to no, she was 21. Okay. Um if he was just like it's not her body. And then he kind of like started to see the, um, the crazy, like, well, it's just like the, the consent the issues of like somebody else's body. I mean, like we sort of talked about that before, but maybe like it just was too weird for him. So he's like, no. I and mean, that was like the root of him. I mean, sure. But he's also just a poor judge of character. If he's still, you know, hopelessly smitten with this girl. Yeah. What's there to like? <laughs> I mean, she's like, she's funny, but like at the same time, I'm also really terrified of her because she does not give a fuck. Yeah. You cannot trust her. No, no, trust no bitch. Speaking um, of not being able to trust Josephine, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's um, surprisingly honest about the whole Clark thing. Like, she explains the whole thing completely to everyone. She doesn't have to do that. She can just tell most people or everyone that there is no way to bring Clark back. Um. Mm-hmm. Right, and then no, they wouldn't even try. Um, well, but then how do you explain needing the EMP? Well, she could say, "Look, it's frying my brain. Uh, it's conflicting with my with my mind drive." Um, but she, you can't retrieve her. There's no way to do mm-hmm. that. Got you it. Can yeah. Either let it completely die, or. But where's the say, drama in that? <laughs> Well, I think that's no most of it. drama if she lies. Yeah, I mean, like, the, that way, like, no one, like, at the machine shop, she didn't have to say any of that. She could just no. be like, um, yeah, there's no way to get Clark out. Because when they said Clark is alive, she could just be like, no, no, she's not alive. She's just messing with my brain. Her code is messing with my brain. No, but I think that she's a fucked up person and she likes the idea of like taking Clark's body from her and killing her and letting everyone know that she is a Clark killer. Yeah, and I think that, like, she also just doesn't get it. Like, she she's so self-centered and, like, self-focused that, like, she doesn't really consider that, like, um, how other people are going to feel about it or, like, like, it's just, like, she has so much ownership over this body. Um, like, I'm, I'm, like, explaining this so poorly. Um... No, she thinks that she is she is convinced that she is better than everyone. So yes. she is most deserving of this Ferrari. And like, she thinks that everyone just is gonna get that immediately. Yeah. Because that's like, it's such a truth to her. Yeah, that she is better, factually, full yeah. stop. Um so that's why she just says it, because she's like, it's a tr- it's truth. So why, why not say you it? You want me. Like I am obviously the better choice for this. Yeah. Um, which uh, separate, separate fucking issue. Um <laughs> Let's see. Speaking of speaking of the choice to keep Josie, um, let's let's move on to talking about uh, her dad and Riker and shit. Who was the lady? Uh, Priya. Was it Priya? Yeah. About, um, you know, murdering and cutting the line. Yeah, that was. um, (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious because Like, like Riker's like. You, he murdered someone. Tell tell her that you murdered somebody. And then his mom's like, oh, you cut the line? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, they, awesome. this is something that Altered Carbon definitely talked about, uh, especially towards the end. And it's sort of the risk of if you don't have to fear death, 
then you have absolutely, you eventually develop absolutely no regard for any life. Even, even if it's not your own, even if you're like, well, you know, my, yeah, that's a good sound. <laughs> um, like, even if you don't, even if I'm not worried about my own death, like theoretically I would care about other people dying. But after a certain point, you realize that if I'm just moving through time, everyone is dying all around me. So like, mm -hmm. I really don't give a shit about other people's lives either. And like, that's, that's the second option I was talking about before. Which one? Remember I just five minutes ago? <laughs> oh, well, no, because I'm a stoner. You know that I don't remember anything. Um, when I said that, um, the, what happens to the psychology of a person if they live? Yeah hundreds of years and you're saying that you're taking the second option which is to just become a fucking asshole who doesn't care about anyone's life i mean i think <laughs> some people I think do that that's maybe not universal but i definitely mm. think that that is i mean it goes to that's your it goes to your th thing on partialism though right <laughs> like how many people can you care about and mourn in you know five lifetimes yeah like do you just yeah, do you get numb to it if you just keep, like, seeing people die? Like, you just kind of, I just think you have don't to. care anymore. Like, I think that you have to sort of... Well, I mean, this is kind of like, you know, it's not like, this. is it, I maybe, <laughs> it's for you guys. Like, breakups <laughs> never gets easy, never get easy for me. Um, It's not like I get numb to breaking up. It's just, no. it's always shitty. It's always horrible. Like... Dying is similar to that. Like, I don't know if you can get numb to it, but I don't know if it's maybe just a matter of quantity. Like, if it reaches a, <laughs> a certain threshold, then that's, yeah. And it might yeah. also be individual, different. Like, some people might, I don't know, but like, yeah. Definitely looks like the primes are have gone that route. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's more like, um, I think breakups are a little bit different because, like, you are so like emotionally intimately tied to it versus I think in this case it's kind of more um like when I told my story about the my mom getting served her pet turkey for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. I think it's more like that side where that's just how it is you know you raise livestock you slaughter livestock you eat mm -hmm. livestock and so for the primes like they view these people as livestock basically and um in What's it called? What's the show that you're talking about? I can't. Altered Carbon? I, yes. I don't know why. I just forgot that. I um, mean, Altered Carbon, it's similarly that, like, they see death as just this thing that happens. That's how it is. Some people, like, just die. And so, it, and that's the truth of, like, the world we live in. Like, we read about horrible stories in the news all the time, and we're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> um, but we're not, like, I think it is, what was the other thing? The, um, how how much we can care about something is like limited is it the partialism the partialism is that is that correct shaheen uh that's an argument for yeah like yeah that it's more efficient for one person uh for each person to care about a few rather than everyone caring about everyone um, yeah yeah is that so what maybe you're talking a subset about of that kind of yeah I mean, it's just not, it's, well, I guess not the function of that. It's just that, like, you just, you can't possibly care about everybody. And this is just, like, a heightened version of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Because, like, I mean, is it because, like, they already do this, so 
this the mur like they know it's murder. Well, so yeah, here's the thing. Like you could say that uh, Priya doesn't care about the murder part because she already knows they we already do that um, mm-hmm. to when we take a host, take quote willing host. Mm-hmm. But Russell himself seems to actually make a distinction between chipping a quote willing host and murder, and he actually Russell and and Riker like they both see it as murder. Riker seems like iffy about both, right? He is mm-hmm. kind of not really cool with the chipping anymore either, or he, he never was because he left. He let um, Gabriel out. I don't know. He just seems like a coward. Center, like he, because then he, because as Raven asked when she was like, "So is this your last body?" Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, "Mm -hmm." yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I wish, like I like the the truth that the 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 sass that Raven is giving everyone. I just need more from her besides that. Yeah, I need I need more than just like she's kind of Murphy right now, just like quipping. But I need like depth. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Maybe someone can give her hers. You know. Um. Exactly. Someone needs to call her on her shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe sexy Kane. <laughs> Hot mod. I like that scene where Kane and Octavia were calling each other on their shit. I was like, yeah, yes, and then you're right. And, and also guys. you're right. And, yeah. So Fine. You made a good point. <laughs> so my anyway, my point was that Russell, he actually feels really bad about the murder, like about what happened to Clark and he wants to eliminate that sin like he thinks of it as, as a sin so he whatever is told himself he actually he feels okay his conscience is clean about taking quote willing hosts mm-hmm. um, and right that's the only inference you can make from the way he behaves I mean, he's, he feels so bad about the Clark thing that he's willing to go through a lot of um, hoops <laughs> to mm-hmm. like give Clark her body back um, mm-hmm. and is getting into a conflict with his daughter and everything uh, and he talks about it as a sin and he wants to eliminate it and even when he was doing it he, he was crying he was like very distressed um, but so she he clearly doesn't feel this way about all the other chipping that's going on right so that's right at least we can infer that about Russell's morality. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting, right? What how, What do you think he told himself to get there? Because <laughs> we're sitting here and we're like, there is no fucking way this is okay. Uh-huh. But he clearly thinks, he sincerely believes that what they're doing with the quote, willing hosts is okay. Uh, I want to know think... what moral theory he told himself that made it that way. I think it's a lot of rationalization, especially in the sense that, you know, we heard about the embryos that were aboard Allegis 3. So those embryos would never have come to be had he not implanted them. Um, so I think that he feels, uh, what is the word? Like he, he he created them like he is actually their creator in a sense mm. so i think that he's taking this egotistical godlike view and and it makes sense with how they set this up like they are the gods of these people and so i think that it it has a lot to do with how they set it up 
and they uh-huh. cultivated these people for their purpose, basically. Instead of they the, farmed them. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. farmed them. Yeah. Instead I mean, of the original intent, which was to um, create a settlement. But he th- so he thinks farming human beings is okay, but but he it's not okay with murder. Like, is that, is um, that weird? <laughs> no, it is weird. But I think it's just like it's how he's able to rationalize it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, and so I kind of think about this, like, because I I brought this up about, you know, where the fuck are the other doctors in training? Like, presumably only having Abby and Jackson as, like, your only, like, you would think that there would be more of an apprentice system, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing that. And so part of me almost thinks that in a lot of ways, you know, the, the primes have been guarding the knowledge that they came to the planet with like they you know were biologists and other you know types of scientists and so rather than spending the time to teach future generations and possibly lose elements of knowledge you know Mm -hmm. by not teaching them everything not being able to like convey absolutely everything because this isn't the giver Yes, that is that is a, a book reference for you guys. Nineties um, book reference is that nineties? Oh, I think it's way older than the nineties. But still, no. Wet Hot American Summer was my nineties movie reference. Everything is fine. Oh, perfect. Well, yeah, I read it in the nineties. Probably. It 90s? I want to say it was maybe shit. Oh wait, no, I didn't read it in the nineties. I think no. maybe it was like in the early two thousands. Fuck, two thousand one. <laughs> Whatever. We're counting it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Because um, nineties, it turns out, was a really long time ago. Everyone, because because we're old. Um, oh wait, yeah, the, the Giver is a 1993 American young adult dystopian novel. Yeah. Bam! <laughs> Mic drop. Anyway, everyone should read it. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. But you yeah, the did idea. Your books that just... Oh, that was but, the yeah. reference. That, that yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, it's a good book though. So everyone can <laughs> shut up. Um, but yeah, so so if 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 you're not passing on all of the knowledge, you know, because obviously they didn't like sit in college classes and do whatever the fuck they did, you know, mm-hmm. on Earth, because everyone who's a prime was also educated on Earth, um, except for maybe Riker, because he was a kid, I think, when he mm-hmm. died. Um, but, you know, the other primes, you know, Gabriel also as well. Um, so I think maybe it was they do think that they are superior and actually they have convinced themselves of their godlikeness because they know so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I interpret it. It's still fucked up and I don't agree with it, but. Yeah, I think that's I would, brilliant actually because it's like they're like the Roman slash Greek gods. They each have like the god of me- uh, mechanics, the yeah. god yeah. of genetics, <laughs> the god of which is like I mean that's kind of awesome. Riker, <laughs> yeah. Riker calls Russell Zeus. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so totally I missed that. He, totally he was like did. Zeus got Zeus has got something to say. <laughs> which um, like yeah they are basically the you know the gods on olympus living in their palace and you know riker yeah. is the one who doesn't live in the palace and why that's weird um <laughs> yeah i mean it's i was also thinking along the lines of knowledge they they think they're superior because of the knowledge i was thinking also like they know how to survive on the on the moon and maybe they didn't teach anyone else and mm-hmm. they're like, we know what's up. So no up. one else can survive outside of the dome? Yeah. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And Take so, yeah. A book. I was thinking, though, it's interesting we were using livestock metaphors because there was a dialogue a few episodes ago between um, Russell and Josephine where Russell said, 
uh, he got really upset with Josephine because she was bringing up oblation again. And he was like, these are people. They're not a herd of cattle to be called. Um, mm-hmm. So that, again, kind of like... Contradicts my theory. <laughs> well, yeah, it shows that he, that's also not quite how he's thinking about it. He's found some way in there, some place mm-hmm. in there between herd of cattle and fully, uh, you know, a dignified human being. <laughs> He's found yeah. some space there that he thinks is not wrong, at least not as wrong as murder. Um, and it's hard to know what that space is in there. <laughs> it yeah. is. Um, um, yeah. So, if, uh, if you, listeners, if you know how to make sense of that, yeah, please let us know. <laughs> though I do, I really do like this Greek god sort of analogy where they live in, yeah. you know, on Mount Olympus <laughs> and they guard all in, all of the knowledge. Like that seems to be yeah. okay. Oh my tracks. god, they even have the mountain. You're right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We have ah. cracked the code. I feel like we need to like look up and see who Riker is because I'm sure that there is, you know, he is some stand-in for some Greek god who like abdicated or you know hated going you know living in the palace so i'm sure I, that there's one of hades <laughs> oh my god maybe god damn it <laughs> yes god of the underworlds yeah <laughs> the the machine shop is the underworld <laughs> <laughs> who's the three uh, three-headed dog and well, more there Fluffy? was that one dog there was that there was that golden retriever he had a dog well no um, pretzel uh the fuck um Lightborn had had a dog. Russell had the dog. Um, Anyway, we should move on uh, from this. Um, Do we want to talk? Well, I guess we should just talk a little bit about uh, their super cool secret plan and Murphy getting possibly killed, but probably not because they're not going to kill Murphy. I swear to God, though, if they do, I'm shaking my fist. Um, Amoria's deception. There's an EMP. What's up? Question. Yep. Uh, Just occurred to me. Was Murphy in on it the whole time? I don't think so. What do you mean? You could read it as him and Amori actually knew the planned this whole thing out for Amori to um for her to, to sneak out mm-hmm. and then um Murphy acting like, oh shit, I don't know what happened, and then going to that location um where Bellamy is, and then Murphy acting like he's still on Josephine's side. Um, and so she takes him hostage and so you could all be planned right because they're like well she thinks you guys care about me but i'm on her side she's gonna take me hostage and then you um act like you're doing it and she'll cut me but then you know shit will go down and we'll get her and and then you you save me right I I didn't read it that way. I read it as he was not in the loop, but then I did too. He sort of but saw I just thought of. I mean, yeah. yeah, like I that I I don't think that that's you know an inconceivable read. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing contradicts it in what happens. We never saw him and Namori coordinate, and he seemed acqui- he seemed to be acquiescing, whereas Namori was iffy about it from the very beginning. So yeah. that was those were the reasons to think he wasn't in on the plan. He seemed to be just letting it go. But um, I, I appreciated yeah. that, like, when he saw the tides turning, you know, he, like, you know, 
was went back on his loyalties to his friends. Like once he saw that he had lost Amori, um, but not actually lost her, but you know, was like basically like she was his moral check of being like, yeah, cool. So we have these two options, and we're gonna pick our friends. Yeah, I think I think honestly, like this again is like why I liked this episode. Um, the most this season. It was so meta. Sorry. It, there was that moment yeah. where the like, oh, no good choices. I was like, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> like that was totally like the, you know, the Greek course, the rest of us being like, no good choices. That's the hundred. It's like they said the name of the show on the show, except in this case, it's no good choices. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, that and Clark would have loved this. Like, of course, of course, because that's all Clark does. No good choices. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Dirty hands. Oh, no, that's okay. It's dirty hands, exactly. A.K.A. Abby. <laughs> Um, but no, that, um, that, uh, so the, damn it, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, it has something to do with, um. Amori? Uh, oh, no, so, okay, I think I remember. So, um, Murphy, so I totally read it as Murphy not being in on it with Amori. Um, I, like, I like that she made that decision, but, like, I really like that, like, he, like, what you're saying, um, the second that, like, she switched sides, like, it felt like Murphy was struggling with it, and he yeah. just needed that little pull to be like, oh, thank God, yes, let's not do this anymore. <laughs> um, and, and to me, like, I'm really happy with what they've done with Murphy, because, like, he is the cockroach, he does make bad choices, he's a dick, he's a halfway sociopath. Um, so I love when he makes decisions that reflect that because the watered down Murphy that like is now like all heart, whatever, whatever, just, it's never going to be an interesting character to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I like this Murphy that has some heart, um, but he's always going to have his demons. And like, so this Murphy felt so natural and totally in line with everything we've seen of him on, on screen. Um, and so I liked this episode so much because of those elements that like, you could see the character and um, again, like having Amori really shine and she's still like, she is still kind of cockroachy just like Murphy. Like I think she was definitely all for it um, with the same trepidations, but like she has a different line and we got to see that too. And so it was very like revealing of her character in a way that like felt natural. And I don't know. I really liked it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, this, this this episode was kind of really good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Weird. Um, speaking of really good stuff, so let's talk about um, you know, the EMP and uh let's just let's just mention Echo for a hot second for you. Uh what you know, is there anything <sighs> you want to talk about, Bubs? What? <laughs> what was what was um what's that look that Echo and Amori exchanged? I and think it, it was it seemed like that was what changed Amori's What, in the in the cantina? Yeah. Or outside. No, and when he when Memori was struggling to tell Bellamy, um, yeah, and then she exchanged this look with Echo. So I think what it was, and the reason why it's confusing is because Monty and Harper are dead. <laughs> um, and it's like now, it's six people in the arc thing. Yeah, so you know, Friends. Murphy and Amori are in on it. Um, and Bellamy, Bellamy, she's the one she's talking to him. So the only other quote unquote family is Echo. So she's talking to Bellamy, you know, she's conflicted and then she sees Echo. So I think it was supposed to be like my space family. Yeah. I and feel Clark bad. sacrificed herself 
for the space family to become. Yeah, but thing. there was there were people who I guess I could touch on there were people who interpret that in a Bullark way. I was not in particular one of them. Um, oh no! Oh, like I, and more is like oh shit! If we don't save Clark, Bellin is gonna end up with this. Asshole. Well, it was like it was if <laughs> he, she's like, well, Clark is alive, but so so the interpretation was. Um, Amori knowing that Clark is alive and that they could potentially save her. And so seeing Echo and kind of knowing that Clark being alive is the end of Becco is the way that it was interpreted by some Bullark fans. So they saw it as like she, she made that choice and she knew that Echo was going to get hurt, but she just, she had to make the quote unquote right choice. And so she still told Bellamy that Clark was still alive. So that's one interpretation that I saw online. Again, it's not mine. Um, but if that's, you know, everyone is free to have their own interpretations, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Echo. Yeah. So. Chin hands. <laughs> so does Echo, is Echo heathen? Does she not believe in the grounder thing anymore? Oh, I was wondering did. about your note about that, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because Steven? that's what that's what Maddie is trying to capitalize on, right? She's right. like, "There's Echo one person who agrees with me, don't you, Echo?" Because like you're a grounder, I'm your commander for sure. So, um, but she's so, kind of like, "Eh, not really." So the way that Maddie delivered that line, like you know, you think you know, spy, like I. It totally sounded like like she was calling Echo a whore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean... Like, bubs, bubs. I, I didn't say anything. Mm. Um, like, like do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, when, like, in a movie or something like that, someone wants to, like, shame, you know, a female character and therefore, like, always goes to, like, the sexuality or whatever and is like, you know, well, you wouldn't... You know, like, it kind of felt like a pretty woman moment. You know what I mean? Like throwing money at someone and being like well you know obviously you're gonna do that because that's all you are um uh-huh. and that's kind of it, it was a really weird aggressive line delivery to me i um, mean it was servicing echo's character by showing her not just not going along with maddie but like it wasn't really in character based on what we've seen of um echo or maddie yeah. <laughs> so it was just i it was not a scene that I particularly yeah. The whole thing was a little liked, awkward. and I th- I think it was just like just more echo shilling for her to have her moment to like defy Maddie, um, and because it really didn't serve any purpose because Maddie would have she could have just said her piece and still gone on like Murder City, um, right? I guess so. It's a little bit of a waste the, of time. The purpose of it was that um, she has no one on her side. Maddie has and no Maddie, one on her yeah. side. Because she, if at least Echo was, you know, arguing for Maddie's case, maybe yeah, that would have convinced some five. more people. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, I was, Maddie was hoping if Echo would, you know, back me up, maybe Bellamy would come come on board or whatever, right? Like other people might consider. Um, and but even she wasn't on her side, um, and Emory wasn't around. I don't think Emory believes. You think the chip would be able to calculate who would be on their side since it's so magical? <laughs> the chip is Listen, broken. The chip, the chip is, chip taking is a bad map. sectored and had a bad update and never 
re-update. I think the quote was, it's degraded. Yeah, it's degraded. But and, that's, then it's, and then it's suddenly not. And, and now it's fine again. It's magic. It is. Now, now still, there's an evil. It is still is degraded because there's only shade header left in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many I, so questions. I, I don't. I don't have an answer to is is uh, Echo a non-believer? I think that she smells crazy in the water, um, and I think that. But like a believer know, would would just, you know, toe the line, right? Uh, in front of the commander. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Echo the way that maybe Gaia did. Yeah, I think Echo. Uh... I think that she wants to believe, and I think that Maddie's making it real fucking difficult to believe that like she is the true commander right now. If that makes sense, like she's behaving in a way that is not great <laughs> and uh-huh. not measured. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think that it would have was... made. Sorry. No, go ahead. I think it would have made more sense if there was a conversation that, like, Echo had Listen, with you're Gaia. you're asking for a conversation. Well, this? I know. But, like, imagine, you know, Echo has a conversation with Gaia. Like, Gaia got exiled. Yeah, we know. From- Are we ever going to see Gaia again? Like, that was just it. Like, hi, you're exiled. Cool. So where did she go? Maybe she went and set herself on the tree, <laughs> on the trees, because. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. what you do Might when you believe well. the commander. But no, like, if she would have had a conversation with her and it would have been, like, you know, she tells, like, um, you know, Echo's, like, where are you going? She's, like, well, Maddie banished me. And then Echo, because Echo would sort of understand that, like, you have to follow the commander's rule. And then she's, like, wait. And then they had a conversation about, like, true commanders. And, like, well, Maddie um, was the only – she didn't have a conclave. She was just, like, the only one. Like, is that – is that a legitimate whatever, whatever? And then now it would make sense that, like, Echo's questioning it. Because otherwise, like, all we've seen her do is follow orders. And so the one, like, her her religion's um, pope just gave her an order, basically. And she now is not following it. Um, which I yeah. guess we could see as growth. But, like, at, at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> cool. That kind of reminds me of uh, when I was a child and... We had these conversations with um, our friends who were going a little over the edge. <laughs> uh, and it would always be more helpful if the person having the conversation was a believer themselves. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like that. It's like if Echo talked to Gaia, that would have worked maybe better because she, they're both grounders and presumably peer to peer. They believe. They believe yeah. shit. Yeah. Right? Whereas anyone else would sense. just be like, well, what do you know? You don't believe in, in the commanders. You don't believe yeah. in Becca. Probably not, so. Yeah, and Amori know. wouldn't be helped because like, she was ostracized by that society, she's so she has no loyalty to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, maybe the the, um, the ones that they threw away, like Amori, they, maybe they just don't believe it to begin with. Yeah, uh, that was never why? actually. I we never. Yeah, I don't think that was ever addressed. Whether like the uh, outcasts believe the grounder thing. I have don't... we ever seen any evidence one way or another? Yeah, I feel like why would they believe in that system? I'd be like, yeah. y'all are dicks. Yeah, and also like yeah, unless it's ha- like the nulls. <laughs> yeah, and how how they felt about um, or how Amori felt when uh, Murphy sort of cheated on her, but like really he didn't have a choice. Um, yeah. If, if like, 
she believed in the commanders and he told her the commander commanded me uh-huh. for my dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, I think, yeah, she would have been like, well, if the commander said it, <laughs> but she didn't, she was like upset about it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I she might like still be upset about it, but she also no, but like I- didn't make a huge deal out of it. I think the difference between the the Nulls and Amori is that, like, the Nulls are constant, like, there's those loudspeakers going all yeah. the time, like, versus Amori out in the desert, so like, funny. with her lobster hands, like, scavenging, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, do we have anything more that we want to talk about in Sanctum? Like, it, you know, we ended with uh, wide shots of Bellamy dragging Clark away so that we couldn't see that it was stunt actors because bo- of Bob's leg. Um, yeah. Is there anything more that we want to talk about with that? Because I'd like to move us on to DOT. Yeah, let me say yes. a few things. Um, I love when they call her Hurricane Josie mm-hmm. because, like, as any other avid fan who goes to conventions or watches, like, the videos um, at Conagandon 2... It was, I didn't know this before, maybe people had heard it before, but apparently um, Eliza, one of Eliza's nicknames is Hurricane Eliza Jane, and which is adorable. Um, it's like on her little varsity jacket that Bob made her, which is very cute. Um, so the fact that they like worked that into this episode, I thought was adorable because this was written before like that little tidbit came out. Um, so I thought that was a nice little li- nod to Eliza. Um, and I like when shows do those things. Um, and then the other thing with the whole um, Bellamy dragging Clark away, or Clark and Josie, are, or sorry, Bellamy and Josie are going to have a whole. God damn it! Yes, Bellamy and Josie are going to have a whole episode together. Next, I'm so excited! Are you so excited? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's day trip seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Blark fandom's like very excited about it, and I think that we're going to get this is where we're going to get all the crazy anomaly shit. Um, I think that Clark is going to go in the anomaly. I think we're going to get to see what that looks like. And that's where some of these conversations that the conversation about the phone calls that was in that we haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. um, I think will be an anomaly thing. Um, okay. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm excited for next episode. So sorry, did you have any more um, Sanctum Sanctum stuff? You said you had a couple... Oh, me? Couple. Yeah, you said oh, we had a oh. couple things before we moved on. Oh, no, that was it. Those are the oh. things. Oh, that was it. Cool. Yeah. Cool story, bro. Thanks. Um, <laughs> all right, let's 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 get into the sort of really exciting part. Uh, you know, hopefully won't go on for too long, famous last words, um, of the Diotavia stuff. Now, when I was perusing Twitter, la- uh, you know, right when the episode aired and afterwards and I hadn't seen the episode, somebody... Oh, fuck, I just dropped something. Whoops. Um... People were talking about, you know, the the sort of mother-daughter bond of of Dioza and and Octavia, blah, blah, blah. I didn't read it that way. <laughs> I know that that's not surprising to anyone, but like you they've know. got they've got some nice little banter going. Um, I, they're married. They yes. just got anomaly married. Okay, so we're we're clear on that then. Yes. <laughs> okay, well then I guess that there's no I have no objections to this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I can not see particularly what people excited, mean. but I also have no objections. Uh, I'm so excited. I can see what people mean by the maternal elements. Like, Dioza's very caring with Octavia, but it's not in a way that negates anything more than that. Yeah, she's you not, know? like... Yeah, she's, she's caring. Like, yeah, she cares, but in a way of, like, a very adult caring. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't read it as per- parent-child at all. She didn't, like, wipe her ass. 
well, no, especially not with her little claw hand. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was terrible. Um, do we think the radio stuff... I kind of, and I know, like, maybe some weirdo will have the time to do it and separate out all of the audio tracks, but, like, wouldn't it be wild if the radio stuff that's happening is from different times? Yes. Okay. I think it is. Yeah. And, And like, radio waves can technically travel, what, infinitely? Right, Shaheen? Like, through space um, forever and ever? They say that, yeah, I mean, the wave will decay, but it will never, like, go to zero. Um, but whether you can retrieve that is a different question. Hypothetically, could they be retrieving radio signals from Earth? Um, oh, like actually coming all the way, all yeah. the way from Earth, not recordings. Um, yeah, theoretically, I guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so like, um, what if the radio there are, is picking up stuff from Earth? ages ago like would that be wild like Bullark yeah i mean the whole thing <laughs> yes just... yes it's deep down in there they're playing the Bullark radio <laughs> it's so beautiful yeah i mean it seems like people see things from the past and future um yeah. and so i wouldn't be surprised if they heard things from past and future but are those sounds actually in the environment or they're just hearing it in their head there's uh, no no, no the, it was coming through the radio. Yeah, because they have the physical radios. Um, oh, okay. Okay, I see. Not the sounds I that they were hearing listen. when they were walking. No. Yeah, I tried to listen too, but it was like way too like garbled. Yeah, no, I had um, Pale Maiden from Reddit. I was lucky if I understood the dialogues. Sorry? Sorry, I said I was lucky if I understood the dialogues this yeah, episode. Yeah, the audio was horrendous in this episode. Yeah. But I think it's, like, purposeful sometimes. This whole season, so many tidbits have come from, like, just listening really carefully. Like, all the, the chanting from the um, the Children of Gabriel, mm-hmm. like, totally is how we, like, uh, zeroed in on the chip stuff, right? Yeah. And um, I think the same, if somebody could, like, crack down that audio, I'm sure we're hearing all kinds of things. Like, so, um, Pale Maiden from Reddit. She asked if she, I think she heard Bellamy, maybe? Um, something. She heard something. So I, that's why I went back and I was like trying to listen very closely. Um, and, and I think maybe I saw, or I heard Shaw radio in for Raven. Because remember when they were um, flying down to the surface of Sanctum or Alpha, whatever, um, Shaw was trying to radio back to Raven, but it wasn't going through. So I think that maybe I heard that. <laughs> maybe it just like got stuck in there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, how did you feel about your Gabriel, about this big fucking revelation? Oh my God. Gabriel. We totally I, forgot to talk. <laughs> I feel like we forgot to talk about the biggest ooh reveal of the whole episode. Um, I just want to say I called this like a million episodes. When did I first call it? I feel like it was a long time ago or it's been in my notes for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but I totally called this a long time ago and I want everyone to know. Okay. I kind of would have liked if um, they it was kind of bait and switch. Like, they made us think that Xavier is Gabriel. And then they had um, Dioza doubt it or come to the same conclusion. Um, and then turns out it's not. That would have been... Like, the, the, the writers... <laughs> A double see, switch. Yeah, like, they saw our hand. The, the writers knew that we were going to see this, and so they 
Yeah. Well, but not everyone believed me when I said that that's what was going to happen, or that's so what Bubs, I thought was possible. She mean Bubs needed her vindication. Yes, thank you. So she you're saying not everyone saw it? Yeah. Okay. I don't think. So. Yeah. So we're calling people dumb. Is that is that what we're doing on the podcast? Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a matter. Of, I mean, it's a matter of like how, how many how many shows have you watched or something. Like it's just like some things that you figure are sort of bound to happen because i mean some of it yeah because it's a trope sometimes it's because like it's kind of inevitable because like the the you have to spend a lot of time on a character if you want that character to be a good character um and so if you're investing so much in a character there must be something to it um and that's something that you don't necessarily think about if you don't think about movie budgets and stuff or show show like how much budget the hunter has like they're not going to spend it all this stuff on some minor thing minor character and then this guy Gabriel that are, they're talking about for seven episodes at some point is going to show up like it seems like if he was going to show up he would have shown up by now so there i don't know there's just like intuitions about how stories unfold on TV that that I think tells us or tells told you bubs right i don't know um because i it's intuitive to me too but i can't i can't really explain why i just feel like yeah like this guy they kept talking about gabriel and they kept kept showing us savior and so very likely conclusion (laughs) these are the same people (laughs) but yeah um i'm not saying everyone saw it but um (laughs) Anyways, thanks for taking the wind out of my sails. <laughs> <laughs> That's not um, what I meant. Good job. Good job predicting. I mean, we've been like predicting everything this season. I mean, we are yeah. exceptionally brilliant. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so another moment, like, God, yeah. I would just watch the Dioza show. Like the whole part where she was talking about her her fists being weapons too. Like, yeah. she is just a delight. I just I like love that. her. It's all, it's very true. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? Like, sh- she's not lying, yeah, to like be the, fair. You can, yeah, it's surprisingly easy to kill, it turns out. <laughs> I've never tried it. But. <laughs> also, Dios is, you know, trained pretty well in hand-to-hand combat, so she's also pretty pretty probably good at it. Um, yeah, and, and I also like that it's ironic because she ended up dying because of her hand. Like, her hand got pulled into the anomaly. Or I don't know if she died, but I don't. Whatever. I don't think she died. I think, and we'll get to this in a second our, in our predictions because, like, we'll we'll talk about sort of There's walking to the anomaly section? of what they saw, and then well, it'll be like you know they went into the anomaly. What do we think happened? Yeah. Um, but first, but first, uh, the walk but to the first. anomaly. So, but first, but first. <laughs> cool. I'm glad we where's, all. Where's episode sixty nine when you need it? Right, butt stuff. <laughs> um. Anywho. If you if you listen to our previous podcast and didn't make it to the very end, if you go to the very end of our podcast, episode sixty nine, you can hear a little <laughs> bonus, but bonus. Um, anyway. You told me to put it at the very end. I but know. Looking bonus. back, it probably would have been good as a cold open, but whatever. I still like it. Um, <laughs> all right, so we are walking through the forest. People are seeing hallucinations. Somehow, Josie's hallucination can see hope. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, like a toddler hope. Yeah, like she called that out, which means that these that they're not imagining it. 
that the anomaly yeah. is creating these things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking makes... it's showing them snapshots of the future. Well, but like, then how would a... it be Josie as Josie? I mean, that's just one thing that it does. It shows you snapshots of the future. Josie might be snapshots of the past. Some of it might be imagined. Like, there could be multiple effects. But one of the things it seems to be doing is... Uh, that's one theory I have is that it's showing. This is something that... um <laughs> I'm geek out a little bit about um, <laughs> this. <laughs> I don't think I've done this a lot in this podcast or at all. No, never. Um, Soul Reaver? Have I geeked out about Soul Reaver before? No, I don't no. know what this is. Soul Reaver is a video game. So there's a, a video game series, Legacy of Cain. And God damn that, it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but this is, this is K-A-I-N. So, um, and it's really cool. It's like a vampire story. Um, but anyway, then there's this character in it called Raziel. And there's a part where they, this, uh, Raziel sees the snapshots of the future and this is happening in soul river one so you see these things like oh raziel is killing kane what's up with that and and then you know it happens in the future games um and so then you realize oh he was actually seeing a little bit of the future um anyway um that's that's what it brought to my mind (laughs) so i kind of almost saw the anomaly as what what fucking movie was that? Was it was it Gravity? No. What were there were those two mm-hmm. space movies that came out at the same time? Gravity and oh, I didn't see the other one. Um, something after. Um, oh wait, no, Interst. Oh, Interstellar. That's the one that I'm thinking of. Which I didn't see that one. Is that like time exists as like sort of just as slices a, yeah. stacked on top of one another? And yeah, so, like, time kind of turns into space. Yeah. Um, that's what happens actually at the um, horizon of a black hole is your light cones turn 90 degrees, which means time and space switch places. Um, and I actually, in a general relativity class, I, I was like, hey, is that, would that look like the inter- interstellar thing? Like, is that how it looks like? <laughs> um, but yeah, but I have no idea what it would look like, but that's a nice visualization of, of that happening. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it, it still breaks my brain to, you know, actually fucking think about it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it makes but like, sense. I kind of thought that the anomaly is kind of like that, where it has an infinite number of time slices and yeah. is able to sort of like pluck one out and sort of, you know, give you that. So, so yeah. things that you are seeing are real and they're alive. They're just not necessarily maybe from your time period. And so that's what yeah. we got with Dioza with her daughter sort of pulling her in. Um, and that's what we got with Josie kind of being from the past, but it's still Josie. You know what I mean? Like, she's still kind mm. of a bitch. Um, and, you know, we got to see Octavia with, uh, you know, Bellamy. Um, and I think you had a note in here uh, about Marie's acting. Didn't you, Bubs? Yes. Um, that moment where she sees Bellamy on his knees, like, tied up, and she Uh just, like, lets out this, like, guttural, like, howl, basically, like a whimper howl. Oh my god, I totally felt that. Like, she's so good at emoting, like, distress. Where did she come with, where did Marie come out of where she, like, the first three or four- A vagina? Um. (laughs) 
God damn Where it. did Mary come <laughs> out of? You know what? Both of you are canceled. Um, you know, like, seasons one through three, you're like, all right, Octavia, blah, blah, blah. Season four, you're like, all right, getting there. Season five, you're like, what the fuck? And then, you know, now she continues to be amazing. Um, I think she was always amazing, though. I think it was, just, it's the material. Like, for example, in season three, she has that moment where Lincoln is killed. And that oh, was, that was for amazing. Me, that was the first time I was like, whoa. I know. Like, I sat up and was like, that. Yeah. That face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, that was yeah. so good. Um, that turned from, uh, like, mourning to I'm just rage. fucking kill you. Like, I was scared. In, like, half a second. (laughs) It was so good, but it was so smooth, too. Oh, man. Yeah, it was was very subtle. Uh, This is... I feel like that same thing happened on uh, The Good Place. That guy, the the demon guy, what's his name again? Oh, yeah. Kevin... No, not Kevin. That's who who he is on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Fuck. Um, I don't remember. (laughs) Whatever. When he goes to Earth to mess shit up, and and he... There's this scene where he looks at... um, What's the girl's name? I haven't watched the show in a while. Um, oh, you're talking about Adam Scott. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's amazing in that role because he does that that same thing where he, his face goes from like very uh, meek and like loving and humble to like I'm the evilest demon in the world <laughs> in like half a second, and Wait, it what changes was this? very little. Good place. In oh, good place. Right, right, right. It changes very little, but it, you totally get that change going from, like, just, like, this innocent guy, like, a little too friendly uh, to, like, I'm going to kill you. So, yeah. Anyway. He's a good actor. It, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent all around. Um, so, we lose, to, we lose Dioza to the anomaly. Um, pretty sure she's going to come back out with a kid or something. I don't know. We'll find, you know, whatever. Like, I feel like this show has no room for a baby. So no matter what, we're not going to get a baby, you know? <laughs> like, we, somehow somehow we have to gestate into a fully formed child. But the interesting thing, of course, is, uh, you know, Xavier Gabriel saying, no one's ever come out. And then, dun, 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 Octavia came out. Um, she's healed. Yeah, what's She up with looks that? better. I think, here's my theory. I think Octavia got sent back in time. We have a, we have an, we have a, an older version of Octavia, one that is not, that was possibly never maybe even Blood Reina. Like, I wonder if that sort, like, if, if we did that and we went back enough, maybe she's, she suddenly, those years, she, she wouldn't have that guilt to carry around. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, we'd have to have a whole other conversation about personal identity at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? Because, well, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Who are you without your memories? Well, because like when he goes blood rain anymore. Yeah, like we, if she goes back to Bellamy, Bellamy is still going to be pissed at her, uh, and then she's going to be like, "Dude, I wasn't me." And it's like, yes, it was you. What do you mean? And so, like, is like, how do you? What does that even mean? Like, how is she going to convince him that it's not? Well, I think if it's if he understands that that's what the anomaly did yeah. i think it's kind of like it's like um a parent sorry like, for what i said when i was hungry well no <laughs> <laughs> sorry my blood sugar was just low i, yeah. I apologize well no You're but like, it's kind oh, of like understood yeah it's kind of like a parent who um whose kid grew up to be like a serial killer or something it's like the second chance to not fuck it up i think that he would uh-huh. take that chance 
I, would, yeah. I mean, do you guys, what do you guys think about that theory? Do you guys think that it just healed her? Do you guys think that it like rapidly healed her? And so, you know, time went forward um, and she came out healed. Like what? I, you guys... I mean, I like your theory. I didn't think about that. Uh, I hope that's what happens. But um, I was, what I thought at the time I watched it was that um, she was already forward in time because mm-hmm. of her hand. And so this turned her around a little bit, and she's now uh, tuned up again. <laughs> she's not ever all part. All parts of her body are now in the current time. But I hope that your your theory is more exciting. So hey, um, you're welcome. I want that to happen. <laughs> um, how long do you think before we see Dioza again? Me? Yeah, I, I, either of you. Finale, uh, or do you guys think that question. this is it? This is the end of Dioza. No. I think finale. Like, she'll come back and be like, yo, time travel, get in here. I mean, either the, the, I don't know. Actually, no, I don't know. Because maybe, maybe the, the anomaly is going to play into, like, um, getting Clark back. Oh, maybe. In which case, like, I think that Dioza going in is, like, a a test. Mm. And whether she comes out is whether they'll try it with Clark I don't know. I really, like, I kind of want them to lean into, like, okay, so season six was a new planet. Like, mm-hmm. what if season seven, they do figure, you know, they do fuck with time travel and maybe we get, like, a mulligan on things or, you know, who knows? Like, I, I would be, if they go time travel, I'm curious. Um, and also, like, wow, that's where the show went. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that jumping shark? I don't, I don't know, know because I just kind of accept that season six is just a completely different show. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to on, on some level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have like, a... Go ahead. I like to switch. <laughs> but I was going to, um, yeah, th- I was going to say this is an- another example of what I'm talking about with Dioza. Is like, how do we know she definitely didn't die? It's because that's just not how they do shows. Mm-hmm. There's really no other reason. She would get a reason. better death than that. Yeah. And like... This this character that they invested in so much, like they wouldn't just kill her like that. They would, if she was going to die, yeah, she would want to get she would get like a more glorious one. Um, and then like the, her baby, like has been they talked about the baby forever. Like that's they're not just going to kill the baby, but that's just because you know that's just how. Apparently, we don't kill shows. babies on TV shows, <laughs> except we do. We leave them out in the fucking forest. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else on the anomaly before we move along to our well actuallys? Um, let me see. I mean, I thought it was weird that like the temporal flares like petrify you, but you can go into the anomaly and come out come out with like perfect hair, which is what happened. Octavia went in with like shit hair and came out like well, like yeah, she, went she went into went a cryo tube. Hmm? Exactly, she went back in time. She's younger now. Yeah, maybe. I think that would be cool. Because um, then maybe that's how they heal Clark, is they send her back in time to before she had the chip in her head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or, like, maybe they send everyone back to, you know, to wipe their past trauma out. I don't know. Well, because um, it's like, the next episode is called, I think, What You Take With You? Or oh, something? Wait, I thought that was the Russian Doll episode. What oh, is it? Titles? Let me look it up right now, because I feel like that's going to be relevant to... Yeah. Hold on. 
Uh, oh, oh, what you take with you. Yeah, you were right. Sorry, I was thinking about the one after. So the synopsis is, Bellamy must venture into enemy territory with an unlikely companion. Okay, so the unlikely companion is Josie Clark. How unlikely is that? <laughs> yeah, that's not unlikely. We saw them leave together. Oh, but interestingly, Octavia is forced to confront her past. Hmm. So maybe somebody explains to her, <laughs> be like, so this is why we're a little scared of you. Yeah. Because you did some bad shit. So um, the anomaly is just kind of like peyote and you like <laughs> come to terms with like your life choices and like are enlightened. <laughs> no, I guess we're, I guess we'll find out. Um, all right. Um, I had a couple of quick questions. Yeah. What's up? So first of all, I didn't see uh, Gabriel's scar. I I paused I on it. that scene a million times and I saw a rope around her, his neck. No, there was a small vertical scar on the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. I could like right, not right see as, that. Right at his hairline. I did not see you that. You might need new glasses. Or a better stream. Uh, yeah. No, it might just be uh, the color thing. Maybe oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot you're colorblind. <laughs> Is it red oh, and green? Point. Well, I mean, it's like it's kind red. of like a brownish red scar against like, you know, sort of tan dark skin. So I can mm-hmm. imagine that that might be difficult I to see. I could probably not see that, yeah. Wild. Mm. The show is <laughs> I, I paused on that scene a million times. It's like, <laughs> I do not see a scar. <laughs> so that's very interesting. <laughs> I saw Dioza's scar. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, that was pretty gross. Pretty mm-hmm. obvious and achy. Yeah. Sorry, what were your other questions? Oh, um, was so that part where um, Octavia saw Bellamy all tied up. Mm-hmm. What is that about? Has Bellamy ever been tied up like that? Um, he, uh, not like that. I don't remember him like being her with her mouth and everything. I, it like, so it seemed kind of familiar to me. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. But not that way. I was, the mouth was throwing me off. I was like, Bellamy has been tied up, but not like that. I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to think. Um, yeah. To me, it kind of it looked like almost what um, Lincoln looked like when he right before he was killed. Mm. But I don't know if yeah. Bellamy was. T- I can't remember. Um, I mean, it which could is, also just be like her mind, like formulating, like adding guilt to it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like it might not be an exact one to one, but it, like how she feels about that moment as opposed to what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. So some of it is just hallucination. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. It's very difficult. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. What other questions? I think. Uh, I think. I think that was it. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go into well, actuallys and petty dickery. Cool. Cool. Um, do you mind if I go first? Mine's pretty mm-hmm. short. Go ahead. Uh, so. I don't have any. <laughs> So either we take that Josie is, you know, highly, you know, a very smart, medically trained person, which I buy, like she's clearly got, you know, a lot of science in her brain, and she had a scalpel, and we're meant to believe for a second that Murphy's, like, femoral was cut, maybe? Like, it was sure was a lot of blood, but mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time, he would have been dead in, like, 45 seconds. So... Um, I'm if, I'm it was the part that. where she figured he'll 
bleed to death. Um, but just because you were cut in some place that you could bleed to death doesn't mean you are gonna die. I, guess. I, mean, I mean, like, he is I, a fucking he, he's, he's a cockroach. Unkillable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so my will actually is just wishy washed away by by Murphy's cockroach. Fine. All right, your turn, Bubs. Um. So I know that there's some chatter on Twitter about this. Kane's body is dead, right? He looked pretty fucking dead. He had like the sheet over him, like the whole the the this body is dead signal. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't hooked up to a monitor. Yeah, there and, was no beeping. Um, and Jackson said that like. Abby only had, what, 10 seconds to perform all the surgeries she needed to to save him? Yeah. Because that's, like, how dire the situation was? Yeah. Um, yeah. so, he's dead. So, I'm just, like, <laughs> some people are convinced he's coming back, and I feel like unless the anomaly really does take you back in time, um, the body is gone, and Henry Ian Cusick isn't coming back. So, but like I saw people say, like, no, 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 he'll definitely come back, and I'm just like, but how? Yeah, like that's a dead body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and what what would be the point of the whole thing if if he was supposed to come back? Because I thought the whole thing was the the actors actually leaving, so they they had to do, do this whole shebang, which didn't make <laughs> any fucking sense. Like in terms of like. Like, because the argument first was, oh, well, they won't kill off Kane because, you know, the actor is so well known. He brings so much, like, prestige to the show, so they won't kill him off. And you're like, okay, that's a weak argument not to kill a character, but fine. So we're going to keep him in cryo the whole time. I mean, Isaiah Washington was killed off. uh, Yeah, well, A, Isaiah Watt, separate issue. Um, But then to put Kane's character in a new body, okay, so you have killed off Henry and Cusick. Like, that's... That it that did still happen. So like, yeah. why did we have to like wh- uh, whatever? I'm just gonna hand. I don't even give a shit. You guys <laughs> know how I feel about Kane. Um, any other thoughts? Um, you had you had a note, Bubs. Oh, I did. Yeah, live tweeting. Oh yeah. Um, no, I mean, I just I really like this episode, and I really had like. Not that many complaints about it while I was watching it, um, which if you guys have been watching, (laughs) I don't hold back and I'm like super critical because I think that that's just how my mother raised me. Um, So (laughs) I just I was like, wow, really not not a lot, not a lot to harp on. Um, So I don't know if it was like live tweeting, like makes me dwell on stuff that I would otherwise just be like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) So I don't know if. Anyone else is having or struggling in your live tweeting, maybe try not live tweeting and maybe it's it's easier. Um, or this episode was just like, I think we all agreed that we really like this one episode. a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good job, Miranda. Um, solid. Yeah, A++. Yeah. Um, TV shows and books to recommend? Oh, wait, wait, wait. It also wait. had a theme. Did we talk about how there was a female director on this episode? Oh, we didn't, but there was. Yeah, so, and that was my other, I think I tweeted, I was like, it's because there's a female director. She did a I great mean, job. <laughs> I I do, you know, I do have many favorite shows where you can tell that there are more women behind the camera, and it affects sort of the way that it is produced. I think um, to me it makes the emotional elements, sometimes women directors, and I don't want to like, like, because sometimes there's men, male directors who are like really great at this too, um, but... I feel like there is like a trend that like the emotional stuff I'm able to connect with better because that's yeah. how I felt this episode. 
So good, good job. Let me scroll up. What was her name? Good job, April Mullen. Woo! Proud of you, bud. Um, <laughs> TV shows and movies, games, books. I guess uh, I, I don't have any. I guess <laughs> I'll recommend Soul Reaver. Okay, <laughs> cool. Old game, nineties game. Oh shit! What platform? Uh, PlayStation. PlayStation PC. and PC. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, oh, I read Shaheen's book, okay. the one he recommended like three episodes ago, which was the um, curious incident with the dog in the nighttime. Um, and it was so cute and so moving. Um, and I think one of like when I talk about it, I really like layered emotions and like highs and lows. This book is so good at that because it's you're reading um, like through the eyes of this kid um, who has autism. And so he, like, relays conversations that are happening that are, like, about him. But, like, he he's not extrapolating um, the conversation the way that, like, you are. So you're seeing, like, this thing that's happening that's, like, very sad. But for him, he's, like, focused on something else. So it's, like, you're sad for him. And at the same time, like, there's other things that he's very preoccupied on where you're, like, it's okay. I don't know. It just – it was really – it was just, like, such a great read and hilarious. So I – um shaheen that was like a really great recommendation and i'm just like backing up that recommendation (laughs) lovely (laughs) um let's see uh what did i recommend last week uh gentleman jack for like the fourth week in a row listen okay (laughs) related i'm gonna recommend or at least say that i'm watching uh we're watching dr foster um which is I thought I recommended this last week. Whatever. You may have. I may have. Um, Dr. Foster, which stars the same actress as Gentleman Jack. She got a BAFTA award. It's about, like, a uh, a, a GP in in England. She's a doctor. She's smart. She has everything going for her. And she suspects her husband is having an affair. And it's sort of, you know, all these interpersonal relationships and... Kind of everyone by se- we're we're halfway through season two. Everyone is kind of difficult. Like even her. Like it's uh-huh. kind of a hard show to watch because you're like, oh, all of you guys are being a little bit terrible. Like she is the most sympathetic because y'all have fucked her over. But like, damn it, Saran Jones. Like you're, you're Doctor Foster. You're also on my on my last nerves. Um, but it's very well acted, and she obviously deserved all the awards for it. Um, I think that's God. We really haven't. We've like literally just been watching Bob's Burgers over and over. Um. <laughs> Which I guess I will always recommend. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else? No. Um, all right. Do we have an episode next week? I don't think so. No, we don't. We have a we, break. Um, so uh, just a slight teaser. Um, we may have something cool and fun in the works. Uh, might have a little interview scheduled. I can neither confirm nor deny any sort of details of it because it has not been officially confirmed. But uh, let's let's start the hype wagon, um, <laughs> if that's a thing. Woo! Uh, let's see. That's it. We will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Um, don't burn off all of your fingers with firecrackers. Like leave like, I don't know, two or three. I don't know how you masturbate. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, maybe geek again, guys. All right. Take Bye. it easy, guys.